Amen. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. You know, I was a while ago I walked up and I was talking to Mike and Ruby and Ruby said, you just seem real happy this morning. I am. I'm excited. I got more excited this morning than in the last hour than I have because I'm excited about what God has in store for us this year as the church of Jesus Christ. You know, there are so many things happening. Then I came in this morning, I found out, well, this one's sick and this one's out and this one's out and this and that and got back off vacation. And I'm like, oh my goodness. But you know what? We can't be, it can't bother us because it's not about numbers. It's not about people. It's about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. I am just thinking about all the things that are stirring. I just want to share a couple of things with you. There's some things stirring in my spirit, and I believe in in this place, in this local body, and all over the body of Christ. And I, I, I was thinking as I as I was praying, you know, what our fast, you know, tomorrow. Those of you who are here to know, our fast starts tomorrow. Whatever God has told you to give up, you know, and it, and. There was a little bit of me, it was like, oh man, I ain't gonna get to have this for 21 days or this. And you know, coffee's my big thing. That's one of the big things I give up. I usually normally, I only drank a little bit this morning. Normally by now I done had about 40 ounces of coffee that keeps me rolling. But, um, I, 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 but in my spirit, I'm like, you know what? Right now I'm fine. And God will lead us in that the next 21 days. I hope you've ask God and he's spoken to you or just you know sometimes we want to ask God what I need to do we just need to figure out sometimes what we need to do we know what our things that we need to give up and make sure that we know that um, we're not fasting just don't give up something but you take that time to spend with God take that time to spend praying and spending his word you know and, and, and talking to him and say, God, you know, this, this year, this coming year, God's going to do some great things. No matter what the world looks like and all that stuff that's going on, we have to trust in Him. Amen. And guess what? In this song, I know the battle. The battle's His. According to what the Word says, the battle is mine, says the Lord. And I, I, um, I want to encourage you to have a good attitude towards this year. You know, I see people on Sunday mornings, I see the different people come in and not just, but everywhere I go and I look and I said, you know, some people that I, I meet that I know, not necessarily here, but, and I'm like, are they ever happy? Are they ever well? I mean, or do they, some people just enjoy that, I think. <laughs> Sorry, if that's you, don't get upset with but, I, you know, I'm excited about God. I, you know, I've been here for three or four years. And um, I've experienced a lot of things. And, you know, God's blessed me with an awesome family, an awesome church, awesome church family. Um, just so many things that I can be thankful for. So that's one of the things I want us to do this year. And, um, you know, I, I know some of you are, have a little battle probably going on right now. A lot of people do. So I want to ask 
you guys to sing that last chorus again. And I want you to sing it with me. I want you to close your eyes, focus on him, and just tell him, you know what? I know the battle is not mine. Whatever this battle is, God's going to bring you through it. He didn't say we wouldn't have battles, but he said he would give us. He, he's overcome the world. Amen. Let's sing it. Amen. I know the battle, I know the battle, the battle is yours, it's always yours. Yes, I know the battle, I know the battle, I know the battle. Hopefully you're standing up for that. You know, we've been, I was thinking, we've been doing the, for, um, as long as I remember, more than 20 years we've been doing this. And um, God is good and awesome. And I always see results from it, but you know, normally I have like a three or four things that we're focusing on, but I, I, the God just told me, he said, when you, you need to, and this is the focus this time, is revival. How many of you want to see revival? And, and, you know, a lot of times when we think of revival, especially if you were raised like I was in a church that they had revival twice a year, and they called it revival. But revival is in the heart. And what I, I'm looking for is, is this year, is, is a revival here and in the body of Christ. Amen? A revival of things that, I don't want to say used to be, but things to become what God intends for us to do and for it to be. I want to read, I got one of my friends from uh, Richmond, Virginia. He posts a lot of things on his, on his social media. And I, I read this, and it's about prayer and fast, fasting, and I thought it was really good. So I want to read it to you, and then we'll start. It says, prayer and fasting is relational. Reading people prayers in the Bible gives us a better understanding of effective prayers. When you read Daniel's prayers, he does not fast and pray for favor, promotion, or finances. He prays for revelation and understanding of the will of God. Amen? 
Even when he intercedes for his people and nation, it is with the desire to know God's will and plan for his people. We saw in Daniel chapter 10 that Daniel fasts and prays for 21 days seeking to understand a vision God had given him. On the 21st day of his fast, an angel appears to Daniel and says, Oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved by God. Daniel's prayer life brought him into an intimate, influential relationship with God. While it's important to pray for our needs, needs of others, and our nation, prayer and fasting takes us beyond our need into a deeper and more intimate relationship with the creator of the universe, who is all knowledge, wisdom, and power. When you have a relationship with God, all things are possible. So, you know, sometimes we don't need to focus on our needs. We need to be focusing on him and focusing on putting our hearts and our lives into him. And you know what? See, I find out when you seek God, you know, and, and um, Matthew, it talks about seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? All these things will be added. Your needs will be added. If we can focus on God, we don't have to spend so much time focusing on that other stuff. And sometimes we end up doing that. Sometimes, just as he said, we end up, that's what we go to God for. Well, God, I need this and I need that and I want this and I want that. You, you know how that is with your kids? I want this and I want that and I want this. She's like, well, sometimes could you just say, hey, I love you? I think God wants us to do that. You know what? And when you say that, you're like, you know what? I take care of those things. You know, you almost want to say, have you ever not had a meal? Have you ever not been fed? So I want to give you some definitions of revival to start with. The Greek word is chaya, which means sustain life, be restored to life or health, to cause to grow, restore. Something that's alive will be growing and bear fruit. So a, a, a revival is a restoration of life and health, spiritually and it can be physically, right? So spiritually, we want to be back to where we were. We, we see so much going on in the world and so much going on even in the church today. And let me read the next definition I have. is It's an improvement in the condition, strength, or fortunes of someone or something. Or an instance of something becoming popular, active, or important again. We want to see things become important again that maybe aren't important. Right? Maybe they've taken second chance. You know, let me read this other one. <laughs> then I'll get into that. I, can't, this, I was just reading and I thought, you know, there's a word that we use today. We hear about it. The paramedics use it a lot. And they use it it's called resuscitation. Resuscitation is the act or an instant of restoring someone or something to an active or a flourishing state. We need to be resuscitated, right? We need to back, if we're not, we need to be back to an active or flourishing state. The church needs to be back to an active and a flourishing state. Amen? We've allowed things and things that happen and we've allowed the world to creep in. Um, you know, and we don't need to get so satisfied with where we're at. Well, you know, this is the way it's been for years and it's going to be that way. But we need to press into everything that God has for us. And we kind of get into this little thing. You know, if you're driving down the interstate, right, on a long trip, and, and maybe you... Maybe you're in a place or at a time, you're driving at a time where there's not many cars. So you set that thing on cruise 
and you're just kind of, and you have to make sure. I have to run an air conditioner or something to keep me awake when it's like that, especially if I'm by myself. When I went to Richmond a few weeks ago to visit, I um, came back, and I won't tell you what my cruise was set on, but I'm coming down, I'm coming down 95, and I was, I was surprised. It was at night, and I was surprised at how I was just zooming along. I was like, wow, thank you, Lord. Because sometimes I have taken that trip when it took me nine hours because traffic. And construction, you know, 85. I mean, 85. 85 is full of what? It's a little better now than it was, but it's that. So, you know, sometimes... We want to talk about what used to be. You, you know, you're like, wow, you remember when God did this, and you remember when God did that, and you remember this, and you remember that. How do you remember when things were like this? I, I want to read a little statement I found I thought was really good for this. It says, is it true that God is moving among, the, among us and working in our lives? Is it true? Right? He should be. But can we not be content... In other words, we don't need to be content to comb the carpet for crumbs as to having the abundant loaves of hot bread God has prepared for each of us in the ovens of heaven. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't? What I'm saying is a lot of times we go about, well, that used to, it used to be like this and it used to be like that and that used to be this and that used to be that. Well, where's the fresh bread? Where's what's happening right now? Is there anything happening right now that it should be? Are we recognizing that? Do we see that? Or are we just kind of go on, well, you know, years ago it was like this. Had a great time. You remember when God did this? You remember when God did That's what it's talking about. You're just gathering up all the stuff that used to be. You know, you still have the signs up. Here's our church. Here's this. Here's that. And we go and, and show them. Well, you know, we used to bake bread in those ovens. We used to do this. Well, what happened? Why aren't we doing it now? See, so we need to, and we'll talk about all this later, but we need to come to a place where we want to live in his presence daily. See, I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly that individually, when we start having revival inside of us, then it spreads to the church. The church becomes excited and revived. And it doesn't matter what's going on. You're like, yes. And you know what? People see that. People catch the fire. And, you know, a lot of times, like I said, revival used to mean, oh, we're having revival services. Everybody come. What well, revival really happens inside. We may be having services and revival may happen, but we, we can't plan and make the revival happen. So we, must, we need to long for and desire to be revived inside of us, in our hearts, in our souls, and so that we can have it. You know, if we daily experience God's presence, I'm going to talk about God's presence now because that's one of the things we have. In order to have a revival, we've got to be in his presence, Right? 
we got to learn every day that we need to come to a place where we come into his presence. In Acts 3.19, and I'm reading out of the Passion, it says, And now you must repent and turn back to God so that your sins will be removed and so that the times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. In other words, Lord, I think we need to turn away from this or turn away from not doing this or not doing that. So that we can see the times of refreshing. There used to be a song years ago, if you've been around as long as I have, you remember it called Times of Refreshing. Times of refreshing in my soul. We need to have that times of refreshing. And we get that from being in God's presence. We get that according to the scripture here. We can get that from repenting and turning back. Sometimes we need to turn back to, to God. We've gone past who God is, past what God can do. And, you know, we, we've tried to do this and tried to do that, and it's not working. Why? Because it's not God, maybe. It's us trying to be what we think we ought to be. And we need to be doing what he says we ought to be. And then we need to have a life of consecration. You know, this word consecration is... You hear that, a lot of people have heard it all their lives and don't really know what it means, kind of. Let me give you a little definition. It says, to make or declare sacred especially. To devote irrevocably to the worship of God by solemn, by solemn ceremony. In other words, we need to be consecrated to God. We need to be in his presence. We need to let him overtake us. Romans 12, 1 in the Passion says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. So when you turn your life over, you sacrifice everything for him. You, you worship him, you praise him. It, it becomes, it says, your expression of worship so our expression of worship should be about him and to him and sometimes we make it the other way around right but we need to be expressing it to him um it's kind of like you ever build a fire anybody ever build a campfire or a fire i used to heat by wood for nine years peggy and i heated by wood thank the lord we don't have to do that anymore it's a lot of work but we used to have we used to have a an outside furnace that I won't tell you the whole mechanics of it. We used to sell them, so we had it in our house, and you just turn your thermostat up and down like regular. But you had to feed that thing every so often. And um, you ever build a fire? I, I remember not too long ago helping somebody build a fire, and they went and just cut, we were like had a fire pit thing going and. They brought all this little green wood and put. I said, hey, it's not going to work. It's got to be dry. To have a good fire, you got to have some good dry, and it's got to be the right wood. Don't bring me no pine or no sweet gum or anything like that because I'm going to tell you, it ain't going to burn too good. But you give me some good red oak or white oak, and when it gets hot, there's going to be some good coal. You know what happens when those coals get going? 
you just keep throwing wood on it and they'll ignite the other and ignite the other and they make good coals pine and some of the other makes ashes it's not good for keeping things going so we need to keep things going we need to keep the the word the spirit of god in our lives going so we can keep things going you know it's when we decide that we're going to consecrate our lives and sacrifice our lives and give our lives to him and be, able, be willing to spend time with him and be willing to keep heaping that hot, that dry wood to keep that fire going. Fires go out if you don't feed them, just like anything else. We die if we don't get fed. Fires go out if they don't get fed. That car you're driving out there, it'll die if you don't feed it, right? So we need to have a consecrated life. And in order to have a revival, there's some things that we have to do. First is we have to recognize the need for it. You know, if you don't see a need for anything, you're not going to worry about it. You're not going to do it, right? I don't need that. Why do I need that? I don't need to do that. I, I don't see any need for it. But see, we have to recognize that we have a need. We have to recognize that in ourselves and in the church, we need revival we need to be reignited we need to be in a place where nothing affects us to the point of where we're like you know what God is good God is awesome God is great I, I'm, I'm going to see him do some stuff you know what happens um, when, listen to this statement when the people of God are easily offended, easily gossip, compromise with and justify sin, act and talk just like the world. This says sports. It could be anything. Guys would maybe be the ones that put sports. but Put sports over God's house. Neglect prayer and Bible reading. Church attendance. No, we start saying, I need this and I need that. That's when things begin to fall back. When the church tries to mimic the world to make everybody feel good or, or, or whatever. You know, we try to mimic what the world does or we try to mimic what everybody else does. We got to do what God's called us to do. You know, we as Image Church have to be, God's called us to, to reflect his love to everybody. He's called us to, to be a witness to. He's called us to reach our community and the world. You know, and, and when, you know, and when you can't, when you can't do that, it should hurt you on the inside. Like the last two years, not getting to go back to Nicaragua, I, it kind of just I, I feel because Darren and I were talking the other day. You have friends down there. You know, we've been, I've been going, I've been about twenty-five times, and two years ago was the first time in seventeen years I hadn't been there. So we got churches there, we got people there, but we can't go there just for lots of reasons. One thing is a lot of planes haven't been flying there. And then the, the last election, we thought would settle it down, but he's decided to do all this stuff. And so, well, we're going back. Y'all just get ready. Those of you who want to go start saving your money, don't cost really that much. So instead of Having, when I say need, you know, we're all about, as I said before, I need this and I need that. 
But we need to admit our need to be revived. Lord, I need to be hot on fire for you, right? You know, that's easy. You know, a lot of times when you first get saved, it's kind of like that. You're just ready to go, ready to go. And then after years and years, it's easy to cool off if you don't stay, if you don't keep the wood stoked. You don't keep the fire going. You don't keep the wood upon it. Psalms 139, 23 and 24 in the Passion again says, God, I invited your searching gaze into my heart. So in other words, I, I asked you to come and look into my heart. We need to do that sometimes. And Lord, reveal to me what I need to get, do to change, what I need to do to make things better. Where am I falling down at? It says, examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Some of you look at me like, a, well, you know, he already knows what's going on with you. But it's, it's, a, it's us reaching out to him. It says, put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. Isn't that interesting, anxious cares? We don't do a lot of things because of our worry. We worry about this and we worry about, you know, I talk a lot about worry, about you shouldn't be worrying. I saw a, thing, a poster thing the other day um, Worry does nothing but make you lose sleep. Don't help you. And I talk to people, they're always worried. I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. We don't need to be worried about it. Amen? So see if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting way, the path that brings me back to you. So here, here is the psalmist crying out and saying, Look at me, God. Look in my heart. See where I'm at and, and reveal to me maybe things I've just, I've, I've, been, I've been doing it so long or I'm so numb to it that I don't even recognize it. Show me. Show me what I need to do. Show me how I need to go past this. And then Psalms 85, 6 says, Revive us again, O God. I know you will. Give us a fresh start. Then all your people will taste your joy and your gladness. Sometimes we just need a fresh start. Sometimes we just need to say, Lord, here, here I am. Give me a fresh start. Come back. And, and, and it's kind of like you want to fill up those little places that have been kind of void. And, and, and I want to say this in a sense when I was just talking about going back. You can't go back and be who you were. You can't go back and redo that. But you can go back and hear to places maybe you have been that you've abandoned, right? You know, you, you know if, you're, if you moved away from your home, there's times you like to just go back and kind of look at what you, in your childhood, some places. You know, I'm, I'm back to where I was raised, the, the land that I was raised on. And so um, when I first came back, there's all these memories. And then behind my house is this big lake, and this guy just bought a bunch of land. He had to buy a bunch of land beside me from my uncle and he, to make a road. And then he, he's building stuff out there on the lake. And we got to walking back there looking at everything. And, I, and I, I found some stuff. When I was a kid, don't tell nobody, but when I was a kid, we, we burned our trash in a 55-gallon drummer. And we carried it down this old road behind my house in the woods and we dumped it out. And I need to go back down there because I found about four or five bottles. Old Listerine bottle. I mean, I'm talking old. Probably old as me, you know. And um, 
some little things like that that I was like, you know, we, th- we, we burned this and threw it away. And it's still here. But it was kind of neat to, to go back through that and see all those little things that we did. And a friend, me and a friend of mine used to ride horses back there some. And um, now it's just totally different. But so we need to recognize the need. We need to remember that we need to replenish some areas in our life probably. Some of us need to get happy again. Get excited. You remember that old song, get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is Lord. Get all excited, go. I won't sing it. So we need to have the need. The next, we need to have the desire. You know, you got to have the want to. I had somebody used to tell me that all the time. You just need to get the want to. The want to, yeah, the want to. You got to get that desire that that's what I want to do. I want to tell you, even if it's something, you know, in my house, those of you who have been to my house, and I believe in next year, there were a lot of reasons we didn't have it this year. We're going to have our open house again, and you get to see what I have to deal with during Christmas. We only had five Christmas trees this year. We didn't have eight like normal. That's just on the inside. And um, so this week we've been, you know, outside we had this big display. And I had to get it all down. And then yesterday was a full day of, I was like, are you going to let me rest any? But we didn't get it all. We only have three more trees left, guys. And, um, but now I forgot what I was going to say about that. The want to. I had to get the want to to do it. My first thing when I woke up yesterday morning was, I don't want to do this. I, I want to kind of sleep. I want to just chill and, you know, on and on and on. And my wife put the want to in me. We got to get this done. And she doesn't stop. She talks, she's like, she talks about her mom. I'm not like, I'm talking about the Energizer Bunny. And, I, you know, that's hard for me to say that because I used to work for Duracell. But, um. She can be like that. But she goes and then, boom, she's out. So we need to have the desire, right? We need to have the desire in our hearts. We have to have a longing and a desire to be revived. You know what? To revive our souls, to revive our minds. Like I said in Romans 12, 2, it talks about renewing your mind. And that way we can daily experience God's presence when we have that desire. You know what? Things would be a lot better if we have that desire and if we experience his presence every day. When something happens, it's like, oh, okay. It happened, but you know what? I'm not going to let it knock me down. I'm not going to let it take me out, right? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going forward. You know, some people tell me I'm too positive. Well, I don't understand that. And I'm not talking about positive. I just believe God is who he says he is, and he will do what he said he would do. I believe that with my heart. If I ever walk in here with my head down like, oh, it's a bad day, you're going to know. You better grab me and pray for me, shake me, and say, you know, you need to get back to who you is. Isaiah 26, 9 says, In the night I search for you, In the morning, I earnestly seek you. For only when you come to judge the earth will people learn what is right. So 
he says, Isaiah says, at night he searches for him, and in the morning he seeks him. He has a desire in his heart, so much of a desire that when he, at night, before he goes to bed, he, he searches for him. And in the morning, he seeks him. He wakes up in the morning. Hey, Lord, you're the first thing I need to talk to this morning. You know, I have a problem. I do, that's my time in the morning to talk to God, but sometimes maybe I need to switch it around after, after this fast. And, but you know what my first thing to do is after I've gotten up and showered and all that kind of stuff, I get a cup of coffee. Maybe I need to go to him first, then get my coffee. I'm not saying that's a bad thing if you do that. I'm just saying, you know, hey, habits are habits. Psalm 73, 25 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. Do you desire God more than anything on earth? And I'm talking anything, yourself, your spouse, whatever it is. Do you desire him more than that? The psalmist said that, Whom have, who have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. There are things on earth you desire more than anything else on earth, right? But in heaven, if you're married, that ought to be your spouse, I'm just saying. In heaven, not on earth, God should be that. You know, when we have this desire we need to have that desire in our heart that's an eternal love for him that sets us on fire that God I love you I, you know when I think about what Christ did for me I think about my love for him because I was going nowhere probably wouldn't even be here today I didn't, have, I didn't have direction. I didn't care. You know, I was raised in the hippie generation, kind of. So I, was, I bought into that. Just, you know, hey, it don't matter. Let's just do it. Let's just have fun. Then I had an awakening. And Jesus came into my life and changed me totally. I begin to have focus. I begin to have purpose in life. I begin to see what God had in store for me. And I got excited about that. So we need to have a desire for God above everything else on earth. We need to let him set our hearts afire. Again, if, we're not, if we've lost that. And it's easy to do that. You get tied up. You know, we live in such a busy world. We're so distracted. We can't even ride down the road without being distracted anymore. I got behind somebody the other night, and I'm like, really? I was like, I got to get around them. I saw this big light, and when I got up to them, I thought that's what they are doing. They had this huge phone. I don't know what it was. And it's right here, and they're doing this. And I'm like, no wonder they couldn't. They weren't staying on the road. I mean, that's all we think about. We can't sit down. I'm guilty of that. You sit down and you pull your phone out. You're talking to somebody and you're just like, well, what's so-and-so saying? Or what do I need? And your phone goes beep, beep. Or mine goes, you've got an email or whatever. Some people laugh at me about that. But, um, and even at that, we don't turn it off. What do we do? 
Put it on vibrate and go, and we go, now we can do this. Look on your watch and go, oh, okay. It's just so-and-so. All I'm saying is we are so distracted. So distracted. That we need to turn our eyes on him. Amen? The next thing is prayer. Guys, we need to pray. We need to learn how to pray. We need to realize that if we pray, and you know, remember that prayer is conversation with God. It's not, oh Lord, you know, it's it's conversation with God. It's talking to Him, knowing Him, and being able to say, Lord, this is this is what we got going on. Show me what we need to do. We sat down the first of this year, Darren and, and Robert and I, and you know, Kevin, and then some, and then just. We just sat down and talked about what's coming up this year. What do we need to do? Let's get ahead of the game. Let's be intentional about spiritual things, not just physical things. It's easy to get caught up in the physical things, but we got to get intentional. And so that's what we're doing. So get ready. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, Then if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. If we will humble ourselves and pray, God, and I know that some people say, well, that's talking about rain. Yes, it's talking about rain, but it's talking about spiritual rain, physical rain, whatever kind it is. Amen? We need to know that when we pray, God hears us and that he'll restore us. I believe he'll restore the church back to the glory. He says the latter glory is going to be greater than the former. We're going to see things happen we haven't experienced. And I came through a place where we experienced a lot of things happening in the body of Christ. We're going to be see more than that. And you know what we do too when we pray? We need to learn to pray in faith. Believing what God says. In Ephesians 3.20 in the New King James Version, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. According to what? The power that works in us. See, I believe when we seek him, I believe when we desire him, I believe when we pray and we know how to pray, and we pray in faith, and we pray believing, and we get close to him, he can do so much more in our lives. We're not bound by what we see or what we feel or what we hear or what somebody said or what somebody didn't say. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, I, t- I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Wow. It will be yours. I came upon this quote, and it's from Leonard Rabinhill praying. In a, he was actually in a revival, and they were praying. And I, I, was, I was looking at this, and I'm like, wow. Faith. Supreme longing is for the return of the glory that has departed from the sanctuary. Wow. 
If we today could rediscover the virtue in that name, the victory in that name, the violence in that name, we could set this world alight for God. This was a long time ago, so they used the word alight. Set it afire, we'd probably say today. The victory, the virtue, when it talks about violence, it's talking about, you know, the Lord said, I take it by force. In other words, he comes in and he removes those things. And we have to be confident in that. So we need to learn to be prayer warriors for him. The next thing I have a part of is, is we need to seek him. When we get that need, that desire, and we pray, then we need to put seeking needs to be big on our list. Psalms um, 63, 1 and 8 says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. We need to learn to seek him like that. To learn that we earnestly do it. We earnestly search him. We earnestly search for him and seek him. See, we, and I've said this plenty of times before, but I'll say it again. That if we will put God into everything that we do, every decision we make, we can make better decisions and the right decisions. You know, I told you before, if you're going to buy a car, pray about it. Oh, that seems foolish. No, it don't. Because when you get, if you have to go to a car dealership and you go in there, you know what's going to go on. They're going to try to talk you into something you don't need or don't want. How I praise you. I will praise you as long and continue it. As long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer, you satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Think about you. I'm meditating on you through all the time because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. When we seek him, when we put him first, we can feel that presence and feel him holding us in his, our hands when things don't look so good, when things don't feel so good, when decisions have to be made. And you're like, this is an important decision in my life. Make sure you're making the right one. When Peggy and I decided to move back down here, it was a big decision. At first she wanted to do it, and I didn't. When we, when we actually moved to, to Virginia... That was the biggest thing. And God worked out some mighty big things. I won't tell you the story now, but someday if you want to hear it, I'll tell you the story of how God did that in our lives. And it changed our lives. Amen? Probably saved our marriage. And we were Christians. But God just did some great and awesome things through that. So we got to learn to listen to him. And they do what he says. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Oh, God, where are you? But if you really search him with your whole heart, you'll find him. 
You'll find him in the places that you thought, well, how could God be in this place? But he is. First of all, I have to realize God's always inside of us. We can't hide from him. His, if, his, if we really believe that our spirit's been regenerated and his spirit lives with us, then no matter where we go, he's with us. Can't hide. Maybe that'll keep you from doing stuff you don't need to do. Philippians 10, and I'm going to say 10a because I want to focus in on this. And this is in the Amplified. It's called the Classic. Now there's two Amplifieds out there. It says, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply, intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may know and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which exerts over believers. My determined purpose. I'm going to seek him. I'm determined in my life. That's my determined purpose. It's not just, oh, okay, Lord. No, it's your determined. In other words, I'm going to do that. You ever heard the term God chaser? Those of you who've been around, there used to be a ministry called God Chasers. I don't know. It may still be around. And the guy that was over it, his name was Tommy Tenney. And this is a statement that he made. He said, God chasers are after the flesh, after the fresh presence of the Almighty. Sometimes their pursuit raises the eyebrows of the existing church, but usually they lead the church from a place of dryness back into a place of his presence. It's simply not enough to know about God. We have churches filled with people who can win Bible trivia contests, but who don't know him. Isn't that sad? And it's true. And this statement was probably made in the 80s or 90s or whatever. But it's true. It's true today. Church, our, our churches are full of people that know about God, but they don't really know him in the sense that they're not pressing in. They're not constantly seeking him. You know, where are you at in all that? Are you, are you seeking God or are you just content to just kind of, you know, if you get one of those floats and you just kind of paddle around? You ever been on the, up in the mountains, um, I forgot the name of the river, and floated around in the inner tube and you just kind of float down the river, except when they open the gate on the dam and then you start rolling. <laughs> or either you lose all the water and you have to pull the tube up and walk. But you're just kind of floating around. And you just kind of, you know, um, and you hope that the life storms don't overwhelm you and swallow you up. Maybe they won't. Maybe I'll do good. You know what, church? We don't have to be victims. Do you know that? We don't have to be the victims. With God's promises, we can be the victor. Amen? As Darren said this morning, we win. No matter what happens, we win, right? We can't lose. If we lose our life today, we win. You know, this, it's the, the time is now for the church to wake up. The time is now for the church to seek God in the midst of a world that's lost its direction. Even a country that was founded on Christian principles, we've lost our direction. And we're headed the wrong way fast. And I see some of the things happening and I've been in several third world countries and I know what happens when you hit that direction. And you get overwhelmed and overcome and over 
channels. The next thing we need to do is to listen. We, we pray, we desire, we have a need, we seek him, and guess what? We learn to listen to him. You know, there's nothing worse than just going to God and asking him all these things. It's like, well, okay, I'm done. No, we need to be able to hear. We need to keep our ears keen to him. So when we do pray, we hear what he has to say to us and when he speaks to us. Proverbs 7, 24 says, So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. <laughs> God said, pay attention to my words. Listen. Don't just ask and then don't listen. You know, when your kids ask you something, you tell them, and they walk off and do something different, and he's like, were you listening? What's that little thing that went around? Listen, Linda, listen. You remember that? The little, that was funny. That was the opposite way around, but it was listen. John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. You know, sheep listen to the shepherd. They can't, most of them, the sheep, they, they say they're, they're dumb and they don't do anything unless the shepherd tells them what to do. They got to have a leader. We're all that way. We need a leader. Amen? And then the last thing I want to talk about, which when we do all this, this is when we learn, is Repentance. And I'm not, not talking about necessarily repentance unto salvation. Yeah, when, the, when God, there's a revival, people get saved. Amen? People that don't know Christ, they repent. But what I'm talking about here is we repent of not doing what we're su supposed to be doing. Maybe not being close to God and close to the hot breath of God. In Matthew 3, 1 and 2, it says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want to read it to you in the Passion in verses 1 and 2. It says, It was at this time that John the baptizer began to preach in the desert of Judah. His message was this, Heaven's kingdom is about to appear, so you'd better keep turning away from evil and turn back to God. So it's not only talking about, in our time, non-Christians, but it's talking about us who need to turn back to God, who have kind of left that. You know, we, you know, in this world today, we can go out and we can work and make plenty of money. And we've, you know, we've come to a thing we don't need God. Right? Until that thing happens. See, the worst thing that we can do is, is, is kind of just say, you know what, I, everything's going along. I'm doing good. I got plenty of money, got plenty of this. Then that thing happens. You lose your job or things like have happened in the last couple of years to people. And all of a sudden, things are changed. It's, that's not the time to cry out to God. You understand what I'm saying? It is, but you should have been doing it all along. So when that happened, you knew what to do. You had a plan. You had your confidence in God and not in that money or not in that thing. So what do we need to do? As we're praying for this, as we're going through this fast, is get closer to the Father. Get closer to God. Seek His face. 
receive all that he has for us. Come to the point of, God, I'm ready for you to move in my life. I'm ready for you to move in the, in the, in the body of Christ, in the image church, in the body of Christ all over the world. I'm ready, God. Maybe I've been kind of playing a game. I'm ready to step out of my comfort zone. Are you ready to step out of your comfort zone? God has asked me to do that so many times during my walk with him. Just me being up here was out of my comfort zone. As most of you know, I led worship for 35 years. And then God said, here, I want you to pastor. And I'm like, no, I can do the other. But God gives you what you need. And God doesn't, all that time I realized he was preparing me. You know, there are so many things we are preoccupied with that it keeps us from stepping into his presence. It keeps us from stepping into a place where, yeah, see, if revival will begin in us, it'll spread. Like I said, it'll, one fire lights another fire, lights another. Like we did our candlelight service, and as we lit the candles, that's what it's going to take. If we're waiting for something to happen in here before it happens in us, it might not happen. But if enough of us will get on fire, if enough of us will get to where we want to see something happen, it'll change. And I'm not saying nothing's happening. I'm saying our importance needs to be on what God has in store for us. You know what? We, we got to be willing to step aside and let God work. As I said about making money or, you know, we learn to do church so good sometimes. That we pull God out of it. Because, you know, yeah, we know what to do. This is what you do. Blah, and this is what you do here. And that's what you do here. And it'll work. Well, without God in it, it's not going to work right. It might work for a little while, but not for a long time. So one of the things we need to address ourselves for ourselves first. Do I need revival because I'm dying? Spiritually, or I'm already dead. Or I'm not dead yet, and I'm not dying, but I want to improve the condition of my heart. I want to improve what I'm doing. I want to improve. That's why I think we want to improve here with what God is doing for us. I want to improve. You know, what's the longing in your heart? Is it to be in that place where God wants you to be? Or is it just to be, to make it through till Jesus comes? We don't need to just make it through till Jesus comes. We need to want our hearts to be revived. We, want, we need to want to see God move in mighty ways. And, and I know he will. And I'm believing for God to, in this next 21 days, to, I might come in here running one day on fire. I'm just going to tell you, just be, be warned. Because that's what I want to happen in my heart. There's some things that I've got to deal with. There's some things I've got to put away that distract me from what God. I'm not talking about necessarily bad things. I'm just talking about preoccupations. Preoccupied with this. Preoccupied with that. And let's get this done. And let's get that done. You know, one of the things we've decided is, we're going to have some work days, guys. We've got one coming up Saturday. Darren will probably tell you about it in a few minutes. But 
we got to get some projects physical out of the way so we can focus on the spiritual things more. I want to tell you to get ready. That's why I was excited this morning, Ruby. I'm excited about what God's doing inside of me if he's not doing it for anybody else. Let's stand up this morning. Guys, I hope that you're all with us in this fast. You're giving up something. It may not be coffee. It may not be food. I, which I kind of suggest that that's a good thing to do if you do something else too. But I want to say this. That we take that time and let's get right on the inside. There's some things that we need to change in our hearts. There's some things I need to change in my heart. But I want to tell you, I know that I know that I know that God is going to do something awesome and special. And it don't have to be what they did in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s. It's 2022. God's got some plans. We can be on board with it or we cannot. That's up to us. But I want to tell you, God's plan is good. God's got plans for you here. God's got some exciting things. So let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you for those here today. Father, I thank you that we are challenged, that my heart is challenged, and that everybody within the sound of my voice is challenged. That 2022 is going to be a year where I'm going to be revived. We're going to be revived. We're going to go all out to see the gospel spread everywhere. See lives changed. People's hearts changed. I believe there are some of you that have had this earnest prayer and desire for years for things to change, maybe in certain people's lives. And God's going to, that's going to be a manifestation of that this year but God's saying this there's you got to do and you got to change what I'm telling you to change in your heart maybe it's the way you go about it the way you do things hallelujah father I thank you this morning you know I just want to say keep your heads bowed your eyes closed this morning you say you know what I just God is speaking to me right now. I, there's some things I got to do different. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you this morning. There's some things I got to change. I got to get these things back right. Father, I just pray for all those with their hands raised right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we are serious about what we got to do. And, Lord, I thank you, Father God. I lift them up to you.
I just pray that you would touch their hearts, touch our hearts. Lord, I pray we come back next Sunday so excited about you that we can't, we're beside ourselves. Because you are our King. You are our Savior. You're our restorer. <laughs> Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for that, Lord. I just lift up every person today in the sound of my voice. I pray, God, that your protection upon them, your wisdom and your guidance in their lives, in all of our lives, Father. And, Lord, I lift those up who are sick. I lift those up who, have, who are traveling or whatever their need is, Father God, that we lift them up to you today. And, Lord, they begin to see, as they seek you, they begin to see you change. Maybe the way they think. Touch their hearts. Heal them, Father. Lord Jesus, I thank you and praise you. I give you all the glory for you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. And I praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you. Have a great day and a week. Good week. Amen. Well, real quickly, a few announcements. Our um, On the 30th, which is... The fifth Sunday, we will be.